Hey, 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 yo, what the fuck is going <laughs> Oh, shit, that has to be the best beginning of the show so far. It's gotta be. But what's going on? Welcome to another episode of OTWD. I am your host, hence the talking. Um, I'm not sure what episode this is. Technically, it'll be 35, but I might sneak one in before this. So, I mean, it's it's either going to be like 35 or 36 or like 43, something like that. You know what I mean? Who, who knows what the future holds? But I do appreciate you being here, baby. Unreleased episodes of this podcast are available at patreon.com slash OTWD. Five bucks a month will get you full access. I took my big fat dog hiking the other day. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen the videos, but it was just me and him out in the wilderness. And uh, I figured I'd take the time to record a little something. So it was just like little mini episodes, you know what I mean? Uncut. I'm not even going to cut them or nothing, but uh, those are just for Patreon. So I'm just like walking around the wilderness with my big fat dog and just talking about whatever comes to mind. So I'm going to keep doing that kind of stuff just when I'm driving or when I have, again, when I have some free time, time to kill, I'll just record little snippets, not snippets, but little segments and uh, throw them up on Patreon. So again, if, if that's of any interest to you, five bucks a month will get you access and you can find all of that, including other uh, episodes that I've recorded before that I won't release ever. Um, you can find that at patreon.com slash OTWD. You would be supporting the show tremendously, and I would appreciate you for doing so. If you don't already, please follow me on Instagram at GVDZOKS, same handle on Twitter. Uh, this podcast is also on Instagram at OTWD Podcast, and then on the way down.net will take you to the YouTube page. If you could subscribe and share and like and notification bell, uh, that'd be tight, you know? That'd be really tight, and I'd appreciate that as well. Okay. Um, it is a good week so far. I'm recording this on Monday. The, um, I honestly, honestly, I have no fucking idea what date it is. I have no fucking idea. It's still January. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, let's, let's look at the old iPhone 13, which is fucking God level, by the way, in case you were wondering, Apple's done it again. Um, the camera on this motherfucker is so like, I, I have like $15,000 worth of camera equipment and I have half of mine. Matter of fact, I have three quarters of a mine to only, only use this shit. Fuck. I'm carrying around these big fat bags for if I have the pinnacle of modern technology in the palm of my hand, in my back pocket, like, what are we doing anymore? You know what I mean? What are we doing? These big bulky cameras and lenses. I, I, I get it. I, I do get it. I, I'm, a, I'm a professional photographer, so I do get it. If anyone gets it, I get it. I get there's a lens. I, I get there's there's a need for certain things. But I mean, at the same time, is there really? Like we're not we're not we're not shooting motion pictures. You know what I'm saying? Like when Martin Scorsese hits me up, then I might break out the big guns. But until then, there's not a whole lot I do and make money doing. There's not a whole lot of that that can't be accomplished with the iPhone 13. And, and you heard it here and you can quote me un, until you're blue in the face. Something like that. However, that expression goes. In any case, um, the iPhone 13 is amazing. And with all of that having been said, I'm absolutely ecstatic to announce that Apple is an official sponsor of this podcast. So... Thank you to Apple for the sponsorship. I'm completely joking. They don't know who I am. They don't give a fuck about me. 
Um, but their products are dope. You know what I mean? I'm an, uh, this is an Apple family. But anyway, it is January 12th. No, it is not. It is January 24th as I record this. Um, the reason I said it's the 12th is because I was reading the 12th on my phone because an actual announcement is, um, and we're, we're announcing it today. But by the time this comes out, it will have already been announced. But um, I am going to the Big Island, Hawaii uh, with my friends Leilani Wolfgram and Swells OC. And we're doing a big show there at, let's see, I should have had this figured out before I started talking. Ah, here it is. It is at Uncle Robert's Ava Bar. Not sure who Uncle Robert is, but I imagine he's a fine gentleman. An absolute peach of a person. But yeah, that's the name of the venue. It's like this big open air market. It should be extremely dope. I think it's like capacity's 4,000 or something. And it's like right in the heart of, essentially in the jungle. We about to rumble in the jungle. And we ain't being humble in the jungle. We ain't go to the jungle to be humble. We going to the jungle to rumble. At which point, stages and microphones alike will crumble. However, we will not fall, nor will we stumble. And that's word to Muhammad Ali. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Bumble. Woo! Y'all know I'm a rapper, right? That was some Drake shit. But yes, I'm very stoked. Uh, to be traveling to the Big Island. I've not been to the Big Island since I was probably like seven years old or something. I went there with my family. My family's from Hawaii. I don't know. Like a lot of listeners probably know that, but some of you guys probably don't. So now you know. Like I know I look Mexican and or Puerto Rican. I get that often. And that's perfectly fine because some of my favorite people in life are Mexicans. And while I truly despise every Puerto Rican I come into contact with, I'm playing only Cookbook and Pete Feliciano. Fuck those guys. But every other Puerto Rican cool with me, Fat Joe, all of them. You know what I mean? Jennifer Lopez, I think she's Puerto Rican, right? I'm just playing, by the way. I love Cookbook and Pete. In any case, this is my first time going back to the Big Island uh, again since I was like seven. Meaning it's been a cool 14 years since your boy's only 21. Since I'm only 21 years old, like I can say, like I've I haven't I haven't been to the Big Island for 14 years because my math on point, baby. Anyway, I don't know how much of my audience is, is is in the Big Island. Shit, if you are, let me know. Tweet a motherfucker. You know what I mean? Send me a direct message. I'd love to know. I would I would love to know. We'll be in Hilo, by the way. I believe they're flying me out there on the 5th of March. So I get to chill in paradise from the 5th all the way to the 14th. So I'm going to be there for a cool little minute, just bathing in waterfalls and eating all kinds of fresh fruit. Just eating all the freshest of fruit. Matter of fact, you might catch me with both arms spread out, just spread wide, and numerous exotic birds just perched on my big muscular arms. You might just see that. You might just see that. You might just fuck around and see me chopping up coconuts with a machete, with a rusty machete at that, with toucan motherfucking Sam perched on my shoulder. You might just see that. I, if you wait around long enough, if you wait around long enough, like, I, who, who knows what could happen? I mean, I'm, if you wait around long enough, you might just, you might just see a motherfucker digging holes to put wild tigers into just to protect us from pirates should they invade like the Swiss Family Robinson. If you haven't seen the movie nor read the book, you won't get it. But trust me, that's a thing. And you might see me doing it. So prepare. Prepare yourself. Prepare your eyes. Prepare your psyche. Just in case you happen to see a motherfucker on the back of an elephant with a snake around my neck like Jake the Snake Roberts out this bitch. 
because we're going to the Big Island, goddammit. Um, I'm a little excited about it, as you could tell. Because I'm used to traveling, man. I, it's been a long time since a motherfucker been traveling. And so I'm, 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 I'm happy that the world is returning in such a way that allows me to travel it. Travel it far and wide. So yes, if you, if you just happen to be in or around Hilo, Hawaii in the beginning of March, let me know. Come see us perform. Come pet my elephant. You know what I'm saying? C -c -come, come flick some bird seed to my exotic birds you'll see perched on my muscular arms. That's where we'll be. Me and the birds and the elephant. You might be confused. You might have to ask yourself, like, yo, I'm sorry, is, is Vin Diesel auditioning for the remake of Ace Ventura? Because it's Vin Diesel with a bunch of exotic... What the fuck are we talking about? Play the theme music. The gypsy woman told my mother before I was born I got a boy charge coming He's gonna be a son of a gun He's gonna make pretty women's Jump and shout Then the world wanna know What this all about Gadzooks is a great name. On the way down means jumping off the cliffs and building your wings on the way down. Right? That sounds like some bullshit. You Irish son of a bitch. Like when people are stunned, say yes. like Gadzooks. That's a gateway drug. My third eye open. <laughs> Gadzooks is not a bad name. Okay, so in uh in the last episode, well, one of the last episodes, again, I, I don't know when I'm going to put this one out, but I said I'd probably start telling stories on on, on the podcast. Because I've been very blessed. I've been I've been very fortunate. Paint me fortunate uh, to have traveled the world. I, I've traveled to a lot of places. A motherfucker's passport got a few stamps in it. That shit look is more marked up than my arms. The pages in my passport have more ink on them than my body. And I made a list. I made me a list of my favorite stories, uh, mostly from the road, but some you know some just some are just good stories in general. Some of them happened at home in my living room. Some wild shit goes down in my living room. Like, I don't always have to be paddling a canoe through the jungles of Thailand in order for some wild shit to go down, is all I'm saying. But a motherfucker has some stories. I have collected my fair share of experiences. So I figured I might start. I figured it's only right that I start with the time me and my best friend ate way too much weed and got on a plane to China. Now, if that doesn't sound crazy already... I should also mention that while on the plane to China, my aforementioned best friend decided to have a seizure. And frankly, I'm still mad at him for it. So where do we begin? I used to work for a cruise ship company. I won't say which one, but you've heard of it. I won't say what I did, but you haven't heard of it. I worked for this cruise ship company for about... Okay, let's get this out in the open right now. I do love telling stories. And I have a lot to tell. However, my ability to remember exactly when something happened is uh, absolute bullshit. For whatever reason, my sense of time is absolutely non-existent. I have no sense of time and I have no sense of direction. So if we're going to start having story time, it's important that you know, if I say something happened in 2017... There's a great possibility it didn't. And I'm not lying to you. I just have no real idea when it happened. So I'm just spitballing. Also, the dates in most cases, if not all cases, the dates make absolutely no difference. It's irrelevant to the story. 
when I was employed by a cruise ship company, and I should say, I never worked for the cruise ship company. I worked for a company that did work on cruise ships. So they would contract me and then I, they would send me out to do the work on the cruise ships. Life was extremely dope at that time. I was young. I was maybe 20 when I started. Maybe I was like 23. Again, no idea. Um, I know I spent maybe my 23rd birthday in the Bahamas. Because of the cruise ship company, could have been 23, could have been 27, no idea. But once upon a time, I spent a birthday in the Bahamas, drinking rum and shit. And shittier things have happened. It, it was pretty dope. It was, it was pretty excellent. But this is not about the time I spent my birthday in the Bahamas. This is about the time I got to go to Singapore. The first time I got to go to Singapore, because I've been there maybe three times? Two or three. Definitely two, maybe three. Which means it's probably four or five. Now, you might be saying to yourself, I thought this was about the time you went to China. And it is, in fact. However, that wasn't the final destination. We had a layover in China. Actually, we had a layover in Taipei, close to China. Some would argue it is China. I don't know. I'm not into the politics. I could give two shits. I just know a lot of people get offended when you call it China, and then other people get offended when you say it's Taiwan. I have zero dogs in that fight, so y'all go ahead and work that out amongst yourselves. I'm just the guy from America who brings the other guy from America, kind of from Mexico, who has a seizure on the plane on the way to your country. Whatever you want to call your country is up to you. But that's my role in this. So for context, I started off in the company as the assistant. It was just me and one other guy who I worked for, and we would travel the world. I earned my stripes. I, I worked my way up the ranks, and it comes time for me to be the lead. I'm my own crew chief. Being crew chief is cool because you get paid more money. But also, you get to pick an assistant. So I picked my best friend. Some of you may know him. If you've known me long enough, if, 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 you, if, if you've been around for a while, back when I was performing a lot at the airliner in Los Angeles, he was my DJ on stage. He went by DJ Nay. I just call him Nay. But his actual name is Renee. It's a girl's name. He knows that. And he's okay with it. Because he's secure with his sexuality. <laughs> I've shared more beds around the world with this man than I have any other person other than my wife. So here we are, two young men with their futures ahead of them, with a sparkle in their eyes and fire in their bellies, and we get to go to Singapore. We're obviously excited. Not only do we get to go to Singapore for free, but we get to make money to go to Singapore. We're going to come back with more money than we left with. Who wouldn't want that job? Very blessed. Very lucky. So he meets me at my house. I'm living in West Anaheim at the time. He comes to my place and we take a super shuttle to LAX. Now, something you should know about me, if you don't already, if you listen to this podcast, you probably already know this, but I don't like weed. That's the thing you should know about me. I don't fuck with weed. It makes me freak what they refer to as the fuck out. It freaks me out. And People are always, you know, the classic, well, you just get paranoid. Yeah, I get paranoid too. I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get paranoid. If paranoid is what you want to call wanting to hang yourself from the balcony because you can't stop obsessing about the fact that you're already halfway through your 30s, your son's already a teenager, you'd hope to accomplish much, much more by this time in your life. Also, even if you had accomplished all those things, nothing really matters because it's all going to end up dust in the end anyway, since life is ultimately meaningless unless you have a God, which I don't. Also, I said that terrible thing to my sister when we were kids I still haven't apologized for and now she's addicted to meth um 
So yeah, I get a little paranoid. You know, just a little paranoid. Just a little paranoia. Conversely, what you need to know about my friend Renee is he loves weed. He loves weed. I hang out with rappers, right? Keep that in mind. I hang out with real rappers, most of whom think they smoke a lot of weed. And I would think they smoke a lot of weed if I didn't hang out with my friend Renee, because I know what it looks like to smoke a lot of weed. And to properly illustrate the dynamic between him and I, he used to, and probably still does, but he used to get these bars. I believe they're called bang bars. And he would convince me to take a little bit. His argument being, I mean, we're going to be on the plane for 17 hours, for 21 hours, whatever it is. Like, what could possibly go wrong when you got to sit down on a plane for 17 hours? And I'm like, I mean, only everything. Only absolutely everything. So your question is, what could go wrong when you're sitting on a plane for 17 hours? That's what your question is? Like, my guy, I'm not sure if you know how planes work, but... We're going to be way up in the sky with absolutely no way to get out. Well, that's a lie. There is one way to get out. If we're being honest, there is a way to get out. But I don't think that's exactly how I want my story to end. And I'm not afraid of flying. I actually love flying. However, marijuana makes me afraid of everything I'm normally not afraid of. So it's not about the flying. It's not about the planes. It's about the fact that the weed will remind me, hey, by the way, we're way the fuck up in the sky and there's only one way out. And you know how you're always trying to be famous? Well, that's, that's a really quick way to become famous. In any case, he would always convince me, yeah, this is a good idea. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. I'll take a little nibble and buy a nibble. I mean a nibble. So he would take this big bar and normal people, I don't know how, I don't know the, the, the dosages. I don't know. I'm not a weed guy, you know? But say it's 300 milligrams. Most people, and, and by, so it's like a, it's like a Hershey's bar where there's like, it, it's, it's like bars within bars. It's like little squares that you can break off. So I've seen a lot of people eat these things and most people, they'll break off a, a, a square and eat the square. And maybe an hour later they eat another square, you know, like, like a reasonable human being goes about life. Now, my friend Renee, he eats all the squares. But he sacrificed a corner of one of the squares in order to see me freak the fuck out on a plane. What I mean is, assume there's eight squares in this bar. He ate seven and a half. I ate the other half of the one. He ate seven and a half. I ate one half. He ate seven and a half. I ate one half. I ate one half and he ate seven and a half. Now, you, being a logical person, would assume, wow, he must have been way fucking higher than you. Uh, no, not really. Not at all, in fact. In fact, he always seems perfectly fine, at least from what I can tell by looking at him through my fingers, since I'm usually holding my face because it feels like it's going to melt off of my skull. I don't like weed, man. I can't handle it. And I'm okay with that. You, again, as a logical person, you probably assume this is the first and only time I ate weed on a plane with my friend Renee. Since, again, my motherfucking face feels like it's going to melt off my skull. That's not a fun experience. So you'd be safe in assuming this was the one and only time. However, you'd be wrong. Safe, but wrong. 
One thing to know about me is I don't learn from my mistakes. Never have. Never been accused of doing so. I do a lot of shit. Learn from my mistakes? Not on the list. It's not on the list. So in the heyday, in the glory days, it got to the point where we're traveling several times a year, multiple times a year. And how many of those times do you think I ate weed before knowing I'd freak out? How many times? I'll tell you how many times. All of them. All of them. Every single one of them. I like pain. I enjoy despair. I get off on chaos. So we're on the super shuttle. 45, 55 minute drive. We get to LAX, collect our bags, a piece of the driver and proceed into the airport. Now, after having collected all this travel experience, we know exactly when to time the shit. What I mean is we get our tickets, check our bags, all that. And then we eat the shit before getting in line for TSA. The idea being it'll start hitting right around the time we're finding our seats on the plane. Again, not the best idea for me. I should never do it, but I do it all the time. Also worth mentioning is the fact that we were late. You know how they say you should always be at the airport two hours before your flight? When you're flying internationally, they bump that up to three hours before your flight. However, when we got to the airport, we might have had, oh, 40 minutes. 40 minutes to check bags, get through TSA, go through all the airport shit. 40 minutes. We go up the escalator, we get to the line at TSA, which basically stretches as far the fuck back as it possibly could. We get to the top of the escalator. I'm like, what the fuck are all these people standing around for? And I realize, oh, this is the line for TSA. Like, we're not even in the same room as the TSA. So I'm like, well, this might be bad. This might be bad. One, because we're already running late and we might fuck around and miss our flight. Two, because any minute now, I'm going to feel the tingling sensation in my cheeks, signifying it's time for my face to melt off of my skull. However, by the grace of God, and by God I obviously mean George Carlin, we make it through TSA. With about 20 minutes to spare, we proceed to the gate. And we almost make it there. Until... Renee reaches in his back pocket and looks at me with extremely wide eyes, especially considering the fact he had just ingested seven and a half squares of an edible. And I immediately knew something was wrong. As one would, I ask, what's the problem? And he replies, I left my wallet on the super shuttle. He had used his passport to get through security and, uh, you know, check the bags and all that, get his ticket and all that. And since I'm the lead and I have the company credit card, I'm the one paying for the bags, meaning he had no need to reach for his wallet until right now. So now we're both worried. He had brought a shit ton of cash because he was going to change it once we got to uh, to wherever we're going, Singapore. And so he had a, a bunch of cash in his wallet. Plus, you know, credit cards, IDs, all, all the wallet shit was in his wallet. I realized that since I booked the super shuttle, I probably have the driver's phone number because they text you like when they're outside or whatever. So a light bulb goes off and I'm like, yo, we could call the driver. But then of course I'm thinking, yeah, but then we'd have to go outside and then come back through security. And that's obviously a bad idea, but like, let's call the driver and at least see if we can get that far. Cause if we can't, then you know, we'll, we'll reassess. I call the number I'm hoping is the driver. Sure enough, driver answers. I give the phone to Renee. Renee tells him, my man, I think I left my wallet in, in, in the back seat or whatever. We were the only people in the super shuttle, by the way. He pulls over and looks back there. He looks in the back seat and sure enough, he's like, yeah, I got your wallet or whatever. 
and I could hear him talking to Renee. I could hear his voice uh, on the phone. And that, uh, he's like, do you want me to come back? I'm thinking Renee just going to ask him, like, yo, could you hang on to that for me? Or, like, would you mail it to me or some shit? But the driver asked, okay, you, you want me to come back? And I kind of smile and, like, do my head like, no, like, well, of course not. Like, why would he come back? We're, we're going to get on a plane in fucking 15 minutes. Like, what good is that going to do? And while I'm doing that, Renee's like, yeah, please. I'm like, wait, what? Did you say yes? Come back? And Renee starts walking the opposite direction, the direction from which we just came. So I'm like, oh, this motherfucker's going to go get his wallet. He's on a mission, this guy. So I'm like, yo, 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 wait, whoa, 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 where the fuck you going? Hey, guy, uh, fuck are you going? He looks at me and he says something to the effect of, Bro, if I miss the flight, just go without me. And I'm like, I'm not going to Taiwan by myself. Are you fucking outside of your mind? Did you leave your whole mind? Did you crawl out the window of your motherfucking mind? Did you tunnel under the walls of your mind? I'm not going to Taiwan by myself. Now, granted, we were young. We were a lot younger then. I've since traveled a lot by myself, but this was we're young bucks. All I knew was my phone wasn't going to work when I fucking landed. Also, I'd have a connecting flight to Singapore where my phone still wasn't going to work. P.S. The company paid for two plane tickets. P.S.S. There's a cruise ship waiting for us full of motherfuckers expecting to see two people. Oh, and by the way, I just happened to look at my watch and according to my watch, it's almost face melting time. This is not some shit I want to be dealing with whilst my face is melting. So I find myself in a bit of a predicament. I got a decision to make. So I did what any grown man would do, any responsible grown man who's been entrusted to lead the crew, the leader, the crew chief, the boss. I did what any boss would do. I said, shit, homie, well, if you gonna miss your flight, I'm missing my motherfucking flight too. Let's go get your goddamn wallet. At which point, we both left the airport. So now we're running through the airport and I'd be lying if I said that was the first or the last time I had to run through an airport. However, this was the first time I found myself running out of the airport as opposed to running into the airport. And I don't know how long it's been since you've flown, but tension isn't necessarily low at the airport. Motherfuckers running at all in the airport isn't the best look. And honestly, I'm not sure what looks worse. I don't know if it's more suspect to be seen running into the airport or running out of the airport. Either way, we weren't exactly doing a great job of not drawing attention to ourselves, which I was nervous about because again, it's almost face melting time, baby. So the very last thing I needed in my life at that moment in time was for the SWAT team to descend upon us from the rafters when all I'm trying to do is get my man's wallet so I can get back to my seat before my face starts melting. In any case, at that point, we'd both committed. We, we were committed wholeheartedly to the fuck it. We were knee deep, dick and balls deep in the fuck it. So we exit the airport and we're standing on the curb. My man's talking to the driver. Driver pulls up. We start celebrating. My man runs up to the window. Grabs his wallet. I feel like the driver barely stopped. It was like it was like a drive-by. He was almost going to toss that shit out the window. Renee grabbed it, reached in his wallet, pulled out, I think, like 40 bucks or something, and gave the dude 40 bucks. I was like, thank you, bro. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. 
Driver drives away. Renee turns around and looks at me, and we have this moment in each other. We just see each in each other's eyes, like, there's no way we're catching this motherfucking plane. There's no way. Like at this point, we may as well we may as well have gone with that guy. Like we may as well have have gone to Cheetahs or some shit, which I've heard is a strip club in L.A. I've heard I I read an article in NPR about a strip club in uh, in L.A. called Cheetahs. Anyway, we go back into the airport. More running. We hit the escalator. We're skipping steps. We're running up the escalator. And if you remember, like, I don't know how good your memory is, but about 10 minutes ago, I was just talking about how the line for TSA was out the motherfucking building or may as well have been out the building. Well, naturally, I'm expecting it to still be that long because why wouldn't it be? However... By the grace of God, and only by the grace of God, and again, when I say God, I'm obviously talking about George Carlin, we get to the top of the escalator, and there are two people in line. Two motherfucking people in line. Not 20 minutes prior, there there must have been 120 people in line. I don't know if you've seen LAX when it's cracking, but the humans were out that night. The human beings were out and about. So when I saw two people in line, my heart, which up until that point I hadn't even realized was in my throat, slid back into place. Me and Renee look at each other and we had that moment where we're like, yo, we're going to do this shit. We're going to pull this off. And P.S. By this time, our flight had been started boarding. I mean general boarding. Like we're well into zone three. All the first class passengers have been on. All the parents with small children, all the cripples, all the societal exceptions, they had been on the plane. So yes, while there were only two people in line, we're still down to the wire, baby. So we breeze through TSA because at this point, me and this man are well-traveled. We know the motherfucking routine. When it comes to traveling, I often say there's three people. There's three different kinds of people. There's the guy who waits until he's standing in front of the conveyor belt to remove his belt and shoes. Then there's the guy who, as soon as he gets in line, begins the process of removing his shoes and his belt and all that. So the logic being, once you get to the conveyor belt, all you got to do is reach for one of those tubs, throw your shit in there, and proceed with your life. However, there's a third character in this story. Our third character, and, and might I say the hero of this story, the motherfucker whose face is on the movie poster. That's the guy who doesn't wear shoes you have to tie and untie and doesn't wear a belt on a plane because who the fuck wears a belt on the plane? If you wear a belt on the plane, you may as well be in a goddamn tuxedo. Especially if you're flying to China? You mean to tell me you're okay sitting on a plane for 19 hours or whatever the fuck amount of time it is wearing a belt? Anyway, my point is, at this point, me and Renee, we know how to travel. So we're through the TSA in, in, in a flash, in a jiff. We slip our shoes back on, swing our bags around our shoulders, and we're off. We are fucking sprinting through this airport. It looked like the, the race scene in the beginning of Cool Runnings. I'm Yul Brenner, obviously, and he's Darice. He looked more like Junior, but his heart, he has the heart of Darice. So I'll give him Darice, and I'm your Brenner. And we're cool running, sprinting our asses through LAX. We get to the gate. They're closing the door. Fortunately, it's a woman. I'm kind of good at talking to those. So I schmooze my way onto the plane. 
Fast forward. We do all the airplane shit. We find our seats. We stow our luggage in, above the above our heads and all that. We're sitting down. We're in the middle section of the plane. He has the aisle. I'm next to him. And then next to me is a Chinese stranger. Just then, we notice the flight attendants making their way around the cabin. Before we even take off, they're taking drink orders. As if God owed us any more favors, you know? At this point, we're happy just to be sitting on the motherfucking plane. And now you want to give me alcohol? And by give, I mean give. One thing you might not know about international flights, a lot of them have free booze. At least back then. I don't know if that's a, still a thing or, or whatever, but I've been on several international flights that have uh, essentially an open bar. They also have free movies. And again, if you've been on an international flight that didn't come with free alcohol and free movies, I'm sorry. I mean, don't, don't tweet me. I'm just here to tell you my experience. So if there was ever a time, if a celebratory drink was ever in order, this would be the time. All things considered. We made it on the plane. We got my man's wallet. Face still isn't melting. All stars in the sky would appear to be aligned at this point. We ordered two vodka tonics each. Because otherwise, what are we doing? We may as well get this motherfucking party started. It should also be mentioned. And, and the only reason I haven't mentioned it is because it should. if you listen to my podcast and you know me as a person, as a human being, it should already be assumed. Yeah, we were drinking in my house before we got the super shuttle. We were definitely, we were tying one on at the crib, which may or may not have contributed to the lateness. I, I Maybe, you know? I mean, I can't remember every detail. It might have been the reason we were running late. It might have. Fast forward. We're about to take off. Just two best friends sitting arm to arm on an airplane they didn't pay a dime to get on. In fact, they're being paid for all of this. We both have a vodka tonic in each hand. Completely unplanned and unrehearsed, we both chug the first one because, again, if not, what are we doing here? What are we doing? That's the whole reason you get two drinks. Because you know the first one ain't going to last five seconds. And then you enjoy the next one. You're not even going to taste that first one. That first one is just for lubrication. That's just to get the gears moving. We sit back. We enjoy. We look at each other. We enjoy a little moment. I don't remember what we said, but we just reveled. We reveled. And we, we took the time to appreciate how lucky we were, in general, but also to have arrived at the airport so fucking late, made it through security, went back outside, then made it through security again with my man's wallet and all the money he thought he'd never see again, found our seats, and now we're a vodka tonic deep with one to go. We cheers each other and we both put our headphones on and then we start scrolling through our our individual TVs, our, our respective TVs. Life was good. Life was great. At this point, we're done taxiing and we begin to take off, which for me has always been the most fun. I love to, I've always loved takeoff possibly because in the back of my head, there's always a possibility the plane's going to explode. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe that, maybe that has something to do with it. It's just the uncertainty of like, am I gonna, is this, is this when I die? Might be. I don't want to die crashing because what kind of psychopath wants to die in a plane crash? I want to die in a plane takeoff. That I wouldn't mind. At this point, we're in the air, but still at an angle, still tilted. Engine's still roaring. We were still shaking and shit. And I'm sitting there enjoying it, taking a moment from myself to, to just reflect on my life and just show gratitude and be like, God damn, I, we fucking pulled that off. 
One day I'm going to tell people about this, and it's going to be a great story. Suddenly, my legs are cold. Not only cold, but wet. Very wet. My legs are cold, and they're wet. I look down. It takes me no longer than two seconds to realize Rene has spilled his cocktail on my lap. So I do the thing everyone does, you know, when you get shit spilled on your lap, you just start backing up like, oh, oh, what the fuck, what the fuck? And I'm not angry, I'm just, I'm, I'm startled. And truthfully a little annoyed because in my head he sat his cocktail down while we're sideways, even though we're taking off still. The cabin's shaking around, we're literally diagonal. The worst time to set anything down. So I look over at him, just fully prepared to be like, yo, what the fuck is you doing, bro? And what I see is my best friend with his eyes rolled back into his head, his mouth wide open, and his entire body shaking more than the fucking plane. Ice is flying everywhere. Now, I'm well aware that what I'm about to say sounds like a movie script. It's it's exactly how it would be in the movies, which might lead you to think I'm exaggerating. You might be tempted to question my credibility. Because, again, this is some movie shit. In real life, things don't time themselves out this perfectly. That's the end of this episode for non-patrons. If you want to hear the rest of this story, you can do so at patreon.com slash OTWD. $5 a month gets you full access. I'm totally kidding. I'm I'm bullshitting. That'd be fucked up. How mad are you right now, though? How mad were you when you thought I was just going to leave you hanging like that? But that's not exactly unusual. I don't know how many podcasts you listen to. Motherfuckers really do that kind of shit. And I respect the hustle, baby. I respect the hustle. We got to eat out here. I get it. But no, I'm not going to do you like that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Empire strikes back you. But this is a quick reminder that if you do want access to exclusive unreleased content, you can get it at patreon.com slash OTWD. I realize interrupting the story so abruptly is probably a storytelling faux pas. It probably makes me a bad storyteller and an even worse host. But you know, that's, it, it, that's what we did. That's the decision that was made. And I'm sticking to it. Okay, back to the story. I realize this is exactly how movies are written. But you're just going to have to trust me when I tell you that at the exact moment that I found myself staring at my friend, who, by all accounts, would appear to be having a motherfucking seizure, at that same moment, I heard in my head, Oh, it's face melting time, baby. Let the face melting commence. So for the first three to five seconds, which at the time felt like three to five years, even though my eyes are watching my friend have a seizure, all I could think is, oh, I'm really high. I snap out of it, and my first instinct is to try to pull this motherfucker back to Earth, which is funny because at the moment, I feel like I need someone to pull me back to Earth, but we're just on different planets. Like, neither one of us are are currently on Earth, but I'm on planet Facemelt, and he's way over there on planet, hey, I got a good idea, let's have a seizure on the plane and freak Zach the fuck out. Also, maybe die. So I start slow. I'm like, nay, 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 hey, nay, 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 and I'm getting more and more, I'm, I'm getting more and more panicked. Worry is quickly turning to terror. And I could hear it in my own voice, mostly because I'm not in my head, right? I'm not in my body at this moment. 
when I get high, when I get high, I don't know how it is when you get high, if you get high. I don't know how most people are. I've only heard a few people explain it in such a way that it convinces me, oh, okay, our our experiences are similar then. Our reactions to this shit line up. But at this point, I've left my motherfucking body. I'm a spirit. I'm a ghost-like figure hovering above my physical body, observing the situation, just observing. And I start providing commentary, not unlike a sports announcer in a press box. And his face is really beginning to melt now. His voice steadily raising in pitch as the worry becomes terror. Let's see how it unfolds. But yeah, I'm watching and listening to myself go from nay, hey, nay, nay, nay. All of a sudden, I'm like, hey, nay, nay, nay. I'm fucking freaking out, man. I'm freaking the fuck out. This is the last fucking thing. I prefer to have the seizure. I wish it happened to me because I don't think this motherfucker knows what's happening at this moment in time. So I'm slapping this motherfucker's chest. I got one hand on his arm and I'm shaking him. With the other hand, I'm slapping him in his chest, slapping him in his face, and just repeating his name over and over and over in in an absolute panic. Again, felt like at least an hour this was happening. But in reality, it was probably a cool 30 seconds that this was happening. So I'm face to face with this man at this point. I'm getting all in his grill. I'm slapping his cheeks. I'm shaking him. And I'm just saying his name over and over and over again. And this part is really hard to convey verbally. What I mean is it would be a lot easier if you could see me right now. If I could like act this out. But do me a favor and use your imagination right now. I'm face to face with him and he's looking at me, but he's looking absolutely like completely through me. He's the, he's the, what's the old expression? The lights are on, but no one's home. His eyes are glossed over. They'll roll back in his head and then they'll focus back on me. Then they'll roll back in his head and they'll focus on me, but not really focusing on me at all. They'll just like point my direction, but he ain't, he, he don't see shit. It was very obvious. And all of a sudden, this motherfucker blinks his eyes. And when his eye, like when his eyes closed and opened again, I could tell he was back. It's a weird thing. You wouldn't think there was a different, like, like a dude with his eyes open doesn't necessarily look the same as a dude with his eyes open who's conscious. It's like when people sleep with their eyes open. We've all seen that. Shit is creepy. You want to know what's creepier? When they're asleep with their eyes open while also shaking. That's a wee bit creepier. So he comes back, and again, I'm face to face with him, so it's not like he had to turn and look at me. As soon as he comes back, he's like, what, what, what? And I'm looking at him like, what the fuck you mean, what? He's like, what? what? What's going on? I'm like, bro, I think you're having a fucking seizure. He's like, no, no, I'm not. I'm like, what the fuck you mean you're not? I'm watching you have a motherfucking seizure. He's like, no, no, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm, re- I'm just really tired. I'm like, no, nah, bro, you're having a motherfucking seizure. You're just going to have to trust me. And the, all the bass you hear in my voice right now, that's because we're in podcast mode, and I don't want to sound like no bitch. You feel me? I'm not trying to sound like a bitch on my own show. But while you're imagining this, remove all the bass and turn up the high end quite a bit. I was not concerned with appearing cool in that moment. But either way, this motherfucker's trying to convince me he's not really having a seizure. And normally, there'd be no way he could convince me. However, may I remind you, I'm high as a motherfucker. I'm, I'm, 
my face is melting. So I take a second and I look around the cabin. I observe all the other passengers, none of whom were looking at us. I would just assume that if a motherfucker starts having a seizure in his seat and the motherfucker next to him starts slapping his chest and his face and screaming his name over and over, again, with no bass, no bass in my voice at that point, I would assume at least a few people would notice. And of those people, I would assume, I don't know, all of them, every single one of them would still be looking at us. But I'm looking around the cabin and I, I see not one person staring in our general direction. Not a single look, not a glance. So I begin to convince myself that I'm making all of this up. I start convincing myself I'm just that stoned. Now I'm embarrassed. Just then, the flight attendant shows up. The same flight attendant who brought us the two vodka tonics. So now we look like the drunk high motherfuckers on the plane. I look up at her. She looks down at me. She says, do you need any assistance? And I look at Renee, and he looks at me, and he says, nah. I'm like, nah? And he says, nah. I'm like, nah? He says, nah. I look at her, I'm like, nah. She says to me, but you pressed the button, the flight attendant button. I look at Nay. He looks at me. I look back at her, and I say, huh? She says, the button. You press the button. I look at the button, and in my mind, I go, no, I didn't. I didn't press the button. There's no way I would have remembered pressing the button. Oh, fuck, I pressed the button. Uh, I definitely pressed the button. Then the ghost of myself above me hovering still, commentating on the game. He's like, he pressed the button. He definitely pressed the button. Let's see how it unfolds. I look back at the flight attendant. I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't, I'm, I didn't mean to. To which she replies, <laughs> it's okay, and walks away. So I look back at Renee. He's still looking at me, thinking I'm the one tripping the fuck out, which makes me believe I'm the one tripping the fuck out. And I'm about to let it go. I'm about to drop it and try to go to sleep before I fuck around and pull the emergency exit just to end this nightmare. But I decide to give the cabin one final scan. Just one final scan. Chinese stranger next to me been sleeping. In case you're wondering, he missed all of this. So I'm scanning the cabin. No one's looking our direction. Everyone's like a drone, like a, like a motherfucking sim. But sure enough, I look across the aisle and there's an older man who's been reading a newspaper the entire time. Been reading a newspaper, and this motherfucker broke character. For one second, he looked over the newspaper and caught eyes with me. And in that moment, due to the expression on his face, I knew he saw what happened. I knew he saw what was happening. But motherfuckers just don't want to get involved, I guess. Either way. The second I realized this motherfucker observed everything, I told myself, see, you're not crazy. This is actually happening. I look back at Nay and I say, bro, I'm sorry. I don't want to freak you out, but I, I really, really think I really believe you just had a seizure. No, bro, I'm not. I'm just really tired. I'm telling just let me go to sleep. I'm tired. Starts doing that shit. All that. And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? What's happening? And this man starts seizing up again. Again with the eyes in the back of the head, again with the mouth open, and he is, his head's against the, the, the back of the headrest, or the front of the headrest, rather, since he's in the seat, not behind the seat. You know what I was talking about. 
His head's back and he starts shaking again and looking through me. His eyes will roll back in his head, then he'll focus on me again, but looking through me. And I'm like, nay, nay. And then now there's, I, my, my voice never had bass. He had never been acquainted with, with bass. I'm like, Renee, Renee, Renee. I'm fucking losing my shit. I'm slapping his chest. Now I hear a woman. It's a woman sitting across the aisle in front of a newspaper man who was still not doing anything, by the way. So the woman in front of newspaper man says, I think that guy's choking. I think he's choking. And I admit in my head, I'm like, is he choking? I thought he was having a seizure. Stupid. Hi. I know he's not choking. I was just fucking talking to him. But in my, in my high ass brain, I'm like, oh shit, he's choking this whole time. I, I, I could have swore he was having a seizure. Stupid. So she taps the guy next to her who's sitting in the middle seat. And I'm, I'm, I guess he just saw the panic on my face. And then he sees Renee f- fucking flopping around like a goddamn fit, like a Mexican fish, like a pescado. <laughs> and he kind of gives me a nod, like, I'm going to help you. And he's getting up to step over the chick who was, who was between him and the aisle. At that point, I'm reaching for my man's seatbelt. Now, not anymore. But at the time, my friend Renee was fucking fat. Okay? No disrespect to fat people. You go ahead and live your life the way you want. Truth be told, I envy your sense of freedom. I envy your lack of vanity. However, you should know that in the event you decide to have a motherfucking seizure on a plane next to your friend, it's going to make it quite difficult for your friend to get you up out of your chair and onto the ground in order to perform CPR on you. It's going to bring a few more complications to the table is all I'm saying. So I'm immediate. I can't help it. I'm immediately far more annoyed with my friend than I was. I'm like, man, you big fat motherfucker, you fat Mexican. <laughs> like, I know your culture has the best food, man, but control your motherfucking self. Like, I feel for it. I, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine growing up with a mom who cooks fresh Mexican food every day. We had to get our shit from Taco Bell. Anyway, so I finally get his seatbelt unbuckled. And I have my hands under, like, in his armpits, and I'm trying to, like, military press him up. Very difficult to do. I decide I should probably stand up. So it's more of a pull than a press. I go to stand up. I'm stuck to my seat. I start freaking out. Then I realize, oh, I didn't undo my seatbelt. That's all. I undo my seatbelt, replace my hands under his sweaty armpits, and as I begin to pull up, this motherfucker goes, what, what, what? What the fuck? What's going on? Again, I find myself face to face with him. I'm like, bro, you're having a fucking seizure. He says, no, I'm not. I'm just really tired. But at that point, like my whole, my whole, my whole plan was to put him on the floor and do CPR. I had just got certified to do CPR, by the way. That should be mentioned. But the plan was to do CPR on this motherfucker. And now he's awake talking to me. So I'm like, well, I can't do CPR with him now because then we're just kissing. I look back at the dude, the, the, the kind citizen, who was ready to jump out of his seat and help me. He gives me a little thumbs up, like, I'm, are we good? You still need my assistance? I'm, I'm like, I'm, I kind of just like shrug my shoulders and look at him all puzzled. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what to tell you. This motherfucker's having a seizure, and then he's not. Then he is. Then he's not. My ghost is still up there commentating. I got a newspaper man over there. Can't be bothered to help nobody. Flight attendant probably just thinks I'm high as fuck. P.S. I'm high as fuck. And now I'm just going to sit here and hope this motherfucker don't start seizing up again. But thank you for your attempted service. I sit back down. At this point, 
Nay has his head back leaning against the headrest and he's trying to go to sleep. But I ain't having it. I'm like, bro, I know this sounds fucking crazy. But that dude was about to come help me give you CPR. That's like, you're bugging, B. You're bugging the fuck out. Also, you're bugging me the fuck out. Like, at this point, my ghost, he don't even know what to say on the mic anymore. He don't know what to make of none of this shit. And again, with the, I'm just tired, dude, I, I promise I'm good. I promise I'm good. I'm like, no, I know you think you're good, but trust me, you're not good. It's like, dude, just let me go to sleep. Hops, just let me go to sleep. And I tell him, I'm like, bro, I don't want to be dramatic, but all I'm thinking right now is that if I go to sleep, you might not be alive when I wake up. And I meant every motherfucking syllable of that. That's exactly how I felt. My ghost is like, he's afraid his best friend is going to die on a plane. Let's see what he does. So yeah, I tell Nate, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm legit shook right now. I'm afraid you're going to die. And I'm not going to be able to help you because I'm, well, I'm, I'm, it's the middle of the night. I'm high as fuck. I'm supposed to stay awake for, for 19 hours and watch your ass? And, and I, I, would, I would absolutely do that if I was capable of that. Well, if you know me in real life, if you've ever been, if you've ever traveled with me, if you've been on a road trip with me or on tour with me or whatever the fuck, you know there's two places I sleep really, really well in. That's A, in a car, and B, on a plane. Where I don't sleep well is everywhere else. So when I'm on a plane, I got some motherfucking sleep to catch up on. I have no choice. My body just shuts down. Same with a car. So I know there's no possible way I'm not falling asleep. And while I'm asleep, I'm afraid this motherfucker's going to have a seizure. Newspaper man ain't going to say shit. And this motherfucker's going to wake up dead. His ghost will be chilling next to my ghost. But Nate grabs my arm, somewhat homoerotically. And he says, bro, I'm good. I promise I'm good. Just let me go to sleep. And everything in me wants to fight. I want to protest. But I'm looking at him. I'm looking deep into his brown eyes. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. He's like, all right. Puts his head back and he goes to sleep. I'm still tripping. I'm, I, I'm, I'm tripping, but I'm also exhausted. And oftentimes in life, you have to just accept some shit. And the thing about me is it takes me a while to accept shit, but once I accept it, consider it accepted. That's just what it is, and whatever it will be, will be. So I say, fuck it. I put my headphones in, I lay my head back, and I try to go to sleep. My last thoughts as I'm drifting off, man, this motherfucker might die. Like, I might wake up next to a dead body. I might wake up between a Chinese stranger and a dead Mexican body. And here I am sitting in the middle looking a little bit like both of these motherfuckers. Like, that's not an experience I'm dying to have. But again, I accept it. If that's what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. Because, yes, in, in the moment, my biggest fear is that my friend's going to die. However, there are a few other things to be concerned about, like the fact that we just ingested illegal substances and now we're on our way to a country which the most tolerant of shit like that. They don't exactly have a reputation for being lenient on such things. Like, I, I mean, shit, at least in Singapore, they cane motherfuckers for that. Like, I'm just trying to go get some money, drink some beers, make some memories, and I might just end up getting my bare ass spanked with a big stick on TV. If you were around in the 90s, you might know what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to get caned. I'm not trying to get hit with a stick on television. And truthfully, this is where my brain is going as I'm trying to drift off into slumberland. 
I'm like, okay, well, if Renee dies, I'm going to have to call somebody. My phone's not going to work, but I guess I could, like, use the phone at the airport. Like, I'm sure some guy with a desk would let me use his phone. Like, they're going to have some questions, but I guess step one would be to call Rick, who the, is the owner of the company, and tell him that Renee died. We would definitely miss our connecting flight, especially Renee, since he's dead. I wonder if they're going to want me to still do the ship job. I can't do that. I'm not going to send my best friend home dead and then just proceed with the job. That would be insensitive. What would I tell his parents? What am I going to tell his motherfucker's siblings, who are friends of mine? If this motherfucker wakes up dead, I'm going to be pissed. Sad, but pissed. These are the thoughts that rocked me to sleep. I wake up an hour later. I don't open my eyes yet. Like, you know, when you wake up on a plane, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm on a plane. Like, your eyes are still closed. This is how it is for me. I don't know how, how it is for you, but I wake up and I just keep my eyes closed. I'm like, well, I'm still on the plane. I'm, I'm not in a rush to open my eyes. It's not like I can go anywhere. So I'm awake with my eyes closed maybe for, you know, 30, 40 seconds. And then it all just comes rushing back to me. I'm like, oh, that's right. This, the seizure thing. My eyes shoot the fuck open and I goddamn near break my neck looking to the side to see if Nay's okay. And this motherfucker is wide awake watching a movie with headphones in eating airplane pretzels. He gives me his classic goofy smile with a thumbs up. And I give him a thumbs up. Not smiling, I'm just like blank face. I give him a thumbs up. He smiles again and goes back to his movie. I immediately notice my ghost is no longer commentating, so, so I'm, I'm not high anymore, which is great. And in that moment, you know, we're back, to, we're back to doubting whether or not everything that I think just happened just happened. Like, did I dream all that shit? I could have just dreamt all that shit, but, I, you know, I know in my heart, in my heart of hearts, in my, in my soul at the moment, I'm like, no, nah, that shit happened like a motherfucker. I, I was just so relieved to see my best friend alive and well let alone probably enjoying the fuck out of himself, because, I mean, he's probably still stoned, and now he's watching a movie and eating snacks. Like, that's about all that man needs to be happy. And truthfully, I wanted to lay my head on his shoulder in the most heterosexual way imaginable. I wanted to kiss his big, fat fucking cheeks and hit him with the, don't you ever scare me like that again, you son of a bitch. You old seizure having fuck you. Don't ever scare me like that again. Like, I know you have no recollection of any of this, but our mouths almost touched, motherfucker. I was fully prepared to put my bare mouth on your bare mouth and blow air into your body. That's the kind of friend I am. And I'd still do it, but I, I'm, I'm so glad I didn't have to. So, thankfully, this story has a happy ending. It ends happily. Right, barring a few seizures, everything went smoothly. We landed in Taipei, had a few beers, got back on the plane. A couple hours later, we're in Singapore, going through customs. I could go on and on about, about all the shit that happened in Singapore, and perhaps I will. Eventually, I'll tell you some Singapore stories. I'll also tell you about the time I was convinced that I'd been kidnapped and was possibly going to be murdered in Cuba, coincidentally, also with my friend Renee. I'll tell you about rowing my way through the floating markets of Thailand. Renee wasn't there for that one, but he was there when I got a tattoo from a blind man in New Zealand. We've been a lot of places. We've lived a lot of life. Very lucky, very fortunate, very blessed. And just in case you're wondering how the seizure shit turned out, like, I don't want to divulge too much of this motherfucker's personal bit. <laughs> I mean, I already told you he ate 17 and a half squares of weed and then had two seizures on a fucking plane, but, you know, don't want to 
violate his privacy or anything. But he did get that under control. He he talked to a doctor and they figured it out. It 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 ultimately came down to a combination of his weight at the time. This is this is according to him. A combination of a few things, and that combination didn't take well to leaving the ground at incredibly high speeds. Like the quick increase in elevation didn't exactly agree with his staying conscious. That's all that was. But yes, he did go figure it out and and he's alive and well. I dare say he's never been better. This motherfucker works on movies with Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese and all kind of wild motherfuckers. He's out here. I mean, we both not doing too bad for ourselves. So that's a seizure story. It's an infamous story in my circle. I've told it several times to several people and I've always meant to actually record it just to have it. So now I can go ahead and check that off the old to-do list. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were entertained. And I hope you'll share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. That's honestly the best way to support this shit. Like, yeah, there's the Patreon. There's, there's all kinds of ways. But if you just, word of mouth it, it is the best way to support this. Like, don't go pitching it to people you know would hate it. Don't, like, send it to your mom or no shit. But if you know people who share the same sense of humor, if you guys tend to laugh about the same shit, feel free to do me a solid by turning them onto this shit. It is something that means a great deal to me. And the more we grow, the more motivated I am to continue. Patreon.com slash OTWD if you want to support financially. That'll get you access to unreleased exclusive episodes of the show. And again, you'd be helping out tremendously. At OTWD Podcast on Instagram, at GVDZOKS on Instagram, as well as Twitter. Those are my personal pages. On the way down.net will take you to the YouTube page. If you want to do me a favor and rate and review this show on iTunes, that would help greatly in the rankings, the ratings, the algorithms, all the internet things. I would appreciate you doing that. I won't be mad at you for doing so. I'll be back next week. Already got two more episodes in the chamber, locked and loaded, ready to go. Thank you again for listening. Be well, take care of yourselves, and we out. We out.